All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the program. This is Thursday as we are recording this. This is Clean the Boards. Austin Barrick joined by John Boyle. This will be a two-man show today. Uh, yep. First time in Clean the Boards history that this is happening. Uh, time time change, uh, time slot change will be coming up in a few weeks, but right now this is what we have. Um, so let's get right into the program. This is our 23rd episode, and the Elite Eight happened over this past weekend. And for the first time in a while, it feels like all four Elite Eight games were amazing. You know, we started off last week saying how the first weekend of games weren't weren't very great, especially that Saturday of the round of 32, all those blowouts. But man, John, did this Elite Eight uh, just prove to be so awesome. Uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty good. I was surprised how many close games there were. The greatest margin of victory was six points, so that's always good mm. to see. Um yeah, a lot of upsets, which was surprising. Three of well, I mean, at this the point, terms upset. When you're in the lead eight, I don't, I don't really think seeds matter or uh, spreads for that matter. I mean, unless unless you want to like bet the spread, but like, it's it's just a toss up at this point. Okay, well, you can say three one seeds lost. So yes, I three one seeds did lost. Upset. North Carolina lost in Sweet Sixteen. Actually, um, let's get to one of those one seeds here. The first game of the lead eight, Texas Tech versus Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga was one of the top teams in the country as a consensus. Uh, you know, then North Carolina were playing very good basketball and they met and it seemed to be, you know, a pretty close game. Uh, Texas Tech's defense was very good. That's their hallmark. They're the number one ranked defense in all the country. According to Ken Palm, they're like the number one defense ever that they've tracked, which is amazing. Um, but it really seemed like Rui Hachimara, John, you know, uh, we've talked a bit about him throughout the weeks of the program, but Hachimara as an NBA prospect, to me, it looked like in this game that he was trying to do too much, perhaps even prove that he was better than his teammate at an NBA level, Brandon Clark. And so I think a lot of that, I think that might've contributed to the turnovers. Did you see that? Because it seemed like he was forcing the issue on things that were just not there. Uh, yeah, I think he is, but I really don't think it um, was his fault. Uh, uh, he had 22 points, and then I believe Clark had 18, so 40 combined. The real issue uh, for Gonzaga in this game was their three-point uh, field goal percentage. They only shot 27% compared to Texas Tech with 39. Yeah. And then their free throws with the big 75% to 84. Yeah, which is and, very and, surprising. Yeah, when it's a three against one seed, that's what's going to determine the game. Um, Texas Tech, Culver played well, Mooney played well, and yeah. Oh yeah, Mooney was awesome. I mean, if you talk about like a just a hard-nosed white guy, like Mooney is your guy. I mean, he's looking at it for the Texas Tech, you know, reading about their team that they have. They have like almost no five-star recruits. Jarrett Culver was a three-star recruit, a three-star recruit, and now he's considered to be a lottery pick in the upcoming draft. A lot of his stock will uh, be determined by how he performs in this final four. But I mean, that's amazing. Mooney is a transfer from like South Dakota, which is uh, Moretti was like a four star of this guy. Moretti, uh, the Italian point guard, who's a sophomore. Yeah, he's good. You know, the pregame, uh, Chris Beard, you know, the hottest coach in America, Chris Beard had Moretti, uh, you know, he had his family come in. And so you knew that was a bit of a red flag. If you're rooting for Gonzaga, when an Italian or like when a European has their family come in for the first time over a year, they get to see them play. Like that, that, that poses some questions for you. And then Moretti hit those two dagger threes at the end. And then you have uh, Perkins, a senior who um, played in the national title game two years ago. Uh, Perkins got the seal against him, made the three. And then he just made 
one of the most boneheaded plays ever. Like, John, where would you rank? Like, how how dumb of a play was that to reach over and just to commit the technical foul and essentially end the game? When you're a senior, you commit that foul, basically ends your college career, and now you have the other team going to the Final Four when you were trying to come back, and it looked like they were going to put on a really good trap because they did that the previous possession, and you, and you just make a technical foul. Like, what... What was going through the mind of Josh Perkins when he was making that dumb play? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. He he probably just lost control or of his um, of his emotions. But uh, yeah, he just let down his really his whole team. Um, they've been fighting for that. Like they've been fighting so hard the entire season just to end like that. Yeah, it was a tough look for them. They looked. I really, I really thought that going into the tournament, besides that St. Mary up, they would have been my champion. And then, of course, the consensus champion, Duke, goes out. So I guess we can segue into that here. So no more Zion Williamson. Oh, also Texas Tech was playing Old Town Road in the postgame locker room. If you didn't see that, that's pretty hype. Um, so Duke uh, took the loss to Michigan State. It looks like their luck ran out. Would you say that it looked like this was a team of destiny, John, when you see UCF was really outplaying them. They were really the better team in that round of 32 matchup. Aubrey Dawkins had that vibe going where he could just not miss a shot. And everything that had to go right for Duke in that last minute went right for them. You know, the push-off by Barrett, the three by Reddish, the Zion and one, the, of course, the missed tip-in. And then against Virginia Tech, they almost blow that one. Although in that one, it actually looked like Duke was in control. Duke was the better team versus UCF. UCF looked like the better team. They missed the alley-oop at the end to tie it up. And then finally, their luck runs out. Uh, how did Michigan State take down the Blue Devils and the Elite Eight? Yeah, well, I really don't think uh, Duke was destined to win. Hmm. Um, Wait, why? From game one, they didn't really look... Or, uh, game one, they crushed Kentucky. They had a first half. They were. It was like tied. Oh, you mean the tournament? Yeah. I mean, like game one of the season, they they beat oh, no, Kentucky no, 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 by yeah. like thirty four. No, like f- from the tournament on, um, I really don't think Duke played well whatsoever. I agree. Um, I thought they were definitely going to lose. Cam Reddish was like basically out. Like, like re no re listening to the uh, re listening to the tape, you said like but the week before the brackets came out that you thought that Duke would lose in the round of thirty two, and yeah. that that almost happened. Like, it, I, I actually agree with you. Like they didn't play well. And when you think about it, they Zion had to do too much for them. I mean, you have capable guys around them, and yet I think a, bunch, a lot of this is on Coach K because Coach K did not trust his rotation players. If you look at Goldwire, Jack White, who was like amazing early on the early on this season, and then like yeah, had Jack injuries three and just completely dipped out of the rotation. Uh, and then like O'Connell, Alex played. O'Connell was like. He was like in and out of the rotation this season. He had a great game against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. That's about it. He like it's like and then uh Bolden, Marquise Bolden. Yeah, he only he should like have been their most important minutes, player. Yeah. He's like their only like traditional big guy that and they who play. Can guard the um what's his name? Uh, uh Tillman. Tillman and uh, Kenny Goins from yeah. Michigan State. I mean, and you just have Zion like trying to do everything back there Ooh. as the athletic freak. I mean, you can't re- I guess I guess you know, I thought Duke was Duke. This was a Duke team of destiny. You know, Trey Jones going to go back to Minnesota where he played high school basketball and he loses in the Elite Eight. He lost the Minnesota high school state finals. So very tough for him. But I mean, if you're Coach K, what do you have to do to have this not happen? Because this was people are saying this was might have been his biggest coaching failure. Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely is. Um, I think Coach K is kind of overrated as a coach. Um, 
he's not hasn't even made it to the final four since they won it. Um, well, I mean, that was like what, 2015. Yeah, so they, four well, years. They, okay, in all fairness, they lost in the lead at last year. That okay. Grayson Allen shot that like yeah, went around. Yeah, but, so, but he's had so much talent, and they've gone yes, nowhere. That's true. Uh, what also I really take away from this is um, Trey Jones playing the whole game and RJ Barrett. And then for Michigan State, they have only Winston playing the whole game. So yes, um, I think Tom Izzo just outcoached uh, Coach K. Yes, which by is far. Um, and you and going then, into it, it was like one and eleven Izzo versus Coach K. Yeah, I don't. I thought it was a clear like uh, Izzo gets mad at his players and like his players really take that. So they like just try like some of the plays you don't even see some of the Duke guys running back. Like I saw a couple examples of Trey Jones just like jogging back. Boy. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, Trey Jones seems like a pretty good competitor. No, he turned it over though, and he jogged back twice. I saw this on All like right. Sports Center too. All right. Um, but yeah, I was just very. I was disappointed in Duke. Uh, I thought they would lose in the second round, but I I also had Michigan State beating. I thought Michigan State could also beat them. So yeah, not really surprising. After the first week, though, I said Virginia would win because they went through basically what they did last year. They were down to a 16 seed, Mm -hmm. and I think instead of Duke, I think they're destined to win. That seems to be the narrative here. Uh, Last thing on Duke um, uh, or Michigan State even, I guess Tom Izzo is back in March. Um, The kid for Michigan State there, uh, Matt McQuaid, Made, yeah, he's made two really athletic plays in this one. Cashes Winston in the headband. McQuaid just, only at nine points, though. Who did? McQuaid. Yeah, he's not like... I, I just, on paper, it doesn't seem... It doesn't seem fair that this Michigan State team won, and yet they were the better team because Duke relied too much on Zion. And it also, also we got to touch on this. Barrett. Well, I really, Barrett not... not I not really passing. don't know why Duke got so much hype. Like Be- because on, they're okay. not good on paper. Like well, okay, okay this so one Z- had so much hype. They Zion's had the top the three thing. high school recruits. They yeah, had the top three, but not top three in college. Yeah, I know, but they had the top three high school recruits. They have all this preseason, all the preseason videos, the workout videos. Everybody's getting hype. They come out. They're somehow ranked number four or something in the preseason poll. Kansas was ranked number one, and they ended up doing very poorly this season. And then they come out in the first game against Kentucky. And they smoke them. They run them out of the gym, and everybody's on them. And and then you know they have a great game against Gonzaga and the Maui Invitational and all that. And then Zion and they steamroll through the ACC. They beat they beat Virginia twice. Mm-hmm. And then they and then Zion goes out. It's a bit of a lull. And then they come back and they and they go through the ACC tournament. They beat Carolina during that. And now everybody's on them. And they're like two to one favorites to win it all. That's why. That's why everybody's on them. Um, yeah, I see your point, but really when we look back at it, RJ Barrett and, um, Cam Reddish. Reddish was, oof. They're not. How uh, much do you think Reddish hurt his draft stock yeah, in this tournament? Yeah, like, he'll probably go like fifth, sixth now, I would say. Maybe even worse than that. I might. I don't know. I don't off know Off the thing about the rankings, but I think he could be like eighth. Like I would, I maybe might. White is I might be, have yeah, Culver ahead of him. No, Col- no, I wouldn't do that. Really? Oh, well, we'll get to that. Um. But um, yeah, Barrett and uh, Reddish are just not the second and third best players in college. I don't even think they're top ten. Maybe RJ Barrett's what? close to ten. Okay, so you just said Overall, that all for all college. You said that Reddish was a top five or six pick, and now you're saying yeah. that he's out of the top ten. Uh, overall for like players in college, so including seniors and. Oh, okay. I'm talking for the draft. Where, oh, no, where yeah, would yeah. you have Reddish? He'll probably go like six. I would say. Yeah. But no, just in Duke's team in general, they just weren't really that great. Yeah, I'm, 
yeah, I, and I just, they have capable guys off in the rotation. The, Coach K just didn't want to develop them. It was just all about Zion. And then you see Zion's such a competitor. He, like, he's out here, you know, balling up against, like, uh, the Duke students at, like, a open gym. Um, I have a question about that later in the program. But you spoke about Virginia. Now, Virginia, yes, I would agree with you. They are probably, at this point now that Duke is out, they are the the... The, I guess the main story of the tournament, losing to UMBC, the 16th seed last year, and now they're all the way back to Final Four. If they win the national championship, you know, there'll be all these stories about that, um, the redemption and all that. Um, so they played one of the best games in, of college basketball um, against Purdue in the Elite Eight. This was an instant classic. Carson Edwards goes off for 42 points. Now, I got to see him score... Uh, well, I went to see him the previous weekend at the XL Center against Villanova when he scored 42, but I left when he only had 25, and Nova had 24 as a team. He was just unconscious in this game. And the amazing thing was, Virginia was was playing him pretty well. Like, Kihei Clark, their, like, 5'6", like, three-star recruit, was playing him pretty tough. And yet he still kept pulling up, hitting all these amazing shots. He made 28 three-pointers uh, in this tournament, the record, and that he only did that in four games. The record was tw- was like whatever, like twenty six in six games. Wasn't it, wasn't it Curry? No, someone else. But no, he uh-huh. uh, he won most outstanding player of the region as a losing player in the region. That was the first time since Steph Curry. Um, but I mean, what can you say about this game, John? Like this was one of the best games that we will ever see. Yeah, Edwards obviously skyrocketed his um, like, draft stock. Yeah, draft stock. Uh, Purdue played well. I thought they were going to win, to be honest. Um, it was like a home game for them, too. That's yeah. the other thing. It was in the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, which yep. is, I guess, close to um, West Lafayette, I guess, is where it is for Indiana. Yeah. Um, also, Purdue had a... They were just bigger than Virginia. Uh, they had that 7-1 center, uh, Harms. Oh, yes. He, he played but 37 minutes, 6 Diakite was clutch, though, for Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it was it was just a good game in general. It went into overtime, as everyone knows. Uh, uh, wait, we gotta talk about that. So Virginia got lucky. Klein is who who Larry Bird, the Tennessee Volunteers in the Sweet Sixteen, the game before. So he Larry Bird them making all these ridiculous shots. He comes back in this game. Uh, he's facing against Kyle Guy. Uh, they were like teammates together on AAU or high school or something like that in the state of Indiana. You know, which is I guess known for being a the basketball home for good white guys. Um, so they're matching up. Klein is at the free throw line with about 10 seconds left in regulation up two. He makes the first one, second one back iron. So you're up three with time running down. They, they commit the foul. Ty Jerome is at the line shooting two down three misses the first. He, no, he made, he made the first. Oh yes, he yes. He made the first one. There's like five seconds left. Misses the second one. Lane violation or not? Speculation of a, of a lane violation. Whatever the case may be, uh, gets tapped out to Kihei Clark. Passed back court. He gets the one. He get, tracks down. Has the awareness to do a one-handed pass. Yeah. In that sort of situation, incredible. very very gutsy. And Dikite has the presence of mind as well to not lower the shot into like a like a rhythmic shooting form like we all do he just puts it straight up and in and there and like that little in-between shot it's and it, and it goes to overtime like like if you're purdue like what do you what do you what do you what do you say about that because that I, I mean 
if I was in that situation, if I was Carson Edwards, I'd flip out. Like, what do you what do you say to your guys in that moment when you're about to win the game? You have pretty much eighty five percent of the arena on your side. You're about to go to like your first Final Four in a long time, uh, and then and then you lose in overtime. And Carson Edwards makes a turnover, and then Clark makes the two free throws. And the other part about this is the Purdue betters. If you bet for Purdue minus four and a half. Um, and they lose by five. Yeah, that was tough. Um, Purdue, yeah, they played hard. I, I wouldn't really be upset though, as Carson. You saw Carson Edwards went to the sideline. He wasn't upset at all. Uh, he played well as well as he could. Um, but really, if he was on like another team, I don't think that he would do any better because he he like got pretty much all the shots on his offense. And I think this was the perfect system for him to thrive in. Um, it's just, I think it's just Virginia's destiny. They lose to a 16th seed. I think that the following year they'll beat the, be the cha- national champion. Mm. Yeah. That, that really makes you think, you know, and also uh, actually at the end of that game, I thought Carson Edwards took a questionable shot with like six seconds to go and overtime. He took like a contested three down one. Oh no, I, I thought that was a fine shot. I, what's the point of that? Just, Stepping to the left. No, I, that I, was, uh, I think he should, was that for the win or for the tie? No, they were, he, they were down one and then he down he shot a three I, with eight seconds left. I, I, like a step back three. Yeah, I don't mind that shot. But in college basketball, when you drive it, you're like almost guaranteed to get, they either make it or get fouled or something's going to happen. Like, well, counter. Maybe maybe even he finds someone open as he'll probably get doubled. And I think that they should have been more effective well, like coaching-wise. Uh, counter, when you have 42 points and you've hit 10 threes already, you are shooting that basketball. Like that is the ultimate... I have the hot hand. Give me the ball. Like if you ever played basketball, okay, well, like you both saying, have, I'm when you have the, the hot hand, when you have that sort of a game, you do not want to pass that ball up. Okay. That's, right. Like that's true, we can agree. If you're saying that he needs to take that shot, then why did he pass it with two seconds left? He could easily that, throw yeah, away and yeah, shot it. He probably should have done he that. Forced to pass that and was, turn it over. That, I think that was the play call though. Like I, and he didn't want to, if like, so, if he had turned it over people like that would have been a bad look for him. But I mean, I think if if he makes that pass, like Klein is the, in that motion. The play call was probably not for him to pass. But it was. Nah. He like he he like hesitated when he caught the pass just so that he could wait for the play to set up. I, I just I don't know. And Klein was coming off coming if, off. The if he's shooting all game, then I really don't see them making a play for someone else. Um, I think the play was for him, and he just decided to make a bad mistake. What? No, he he caught the ball and deliberately stopped like motion for like if you see it he he stopped for a little bit so in, that he in the could press have, conference the coach said the play was for either so oh, okay so it was a like a read and react situation yeah. like the wildcat in football well eh. well we'll see about that um so great game by Carson Edwards one of the all-time moments uh you know he'll he'll go down as a March Madness legend that's for sure uh, and uh so this is clean the boards here in WIKH Concord We'll be back with some more uh, March Madness talk after uh, after this break. Gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037 so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. 
putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the program. This is Clean the Boards here on WIQH Concord. John Boyle and Austin Barrick here. Uh, before we get back into the program, we have our donor announcement to make here. So we would like to thank Pat Lawson of Concord. Uh, so thank you to that person for sponsoring or uh, funding, funding the station, which helps uh, get us involved here. So thank you to them. So let's get back into it here. We ran through uh, Texas Tech, Gonzaga, Virginia, Purdue, and Michigan State Duke. So let's hit the last game here. So a game that featured John Calipari and in overtime is now the last game talked about here in the Elite Eight, but that is just how good these games were. So Auburn, uh, the Auburn Tigers slash War Eagles, uh, were, re- were losing this game in the first half. It it didn't it didn't look like they could uh, come back in this one, John. The pace was really favoring Kentucky and yet somehow they were able to, to um, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, they were able to muster up a comeback and just and send send Kentucky home. How, how'd they do this? Uh, I never thought Kentucky was too good going into the season. Um, I thought this was one of Kentucky's worst rosters uh, talent-wise as they're always like getting tons of players. Uh, they had a freshman, Tyler Hero, get tons of minutes, um, even though he only scored seven points. They did have a deep bench, which uh, made them a little more effective. But in the end of the day, Auburn outplayed them. And I think Auburn's coach is just more effective than Cal Perry in this game. So Bruce Pearl? Sweaty Sweaty Bruce Pearl? He's like Mike Tomlin. He's like that player's coach. But, ooh. Hmm. Do you disagree he's a player's coach? No, no, he is. I just, that's just an interesting comparison. You know who else is a a player's coach? Chris Beard for Tech. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I, you know what I love about this Auburn team? They have so many good vibes, um, as you were touching on there. Well, this game went to OT also. Yeah. So. I mean, they were able to scrap back. If you saw the first half, Kentucky was completely in control of the pace and the tempo and just the vibe of the game. And then, you know, uh, Auburn comes out and they roll uh, Okiki out onto the court, right? They get the uh, Chico Okiki, who uh, towards ACL in the win against. Um, North Carolina, he was the best player on the court in that game. And he comes in, and it looks like it's a Paul Pierce thing, right? When uh, he hurt his knee, but of course, this one's actually legit. And uh, they they uh, rally with that, and they win the game. So I, I really I really love this Auburn team in my uh, spreadsheet bracket, which is still alive for the uh, the school thing, I think. I think it's still alive. Um, it had if it, I, it had Gonzaga winning it all. If, it, if Gonzaga had won that game, we would have got three of the four Final Four teams right. So I think that did a good job. So if Virginia beats Auburn and other things play out, I might I might get top three. But if you see Auburn versus your team of destiny, John, Virginia. So this is us segueing in, into a preview of the Final Four for you listeners. Um, Auburn versus Virginia. Who do you like in this one and why? Uh, I like Virginia. They're more experienced than Auburn. Uh, they've like dealt with the pressure before as Last year, they were eliminated. I think they have destiny. But also, that first game of the year, losing big to a 16 seed, they were able to come back, and I think that helped them a lot. Mm. So, if you talk about 
almost losing in the first round. Uh, the counter almost, for that, almost losing in the first round. I think I after that, the first round, I said that Virginia w- would win the whole thing, and I think it's just clear that they're going to. Well, counter that, Auburn almost lost in the first round to New Mexico State. If you remember that one, they kind of should have lost that one. They coughed it up at the end. The guy made one of the three free throws and then airballed the game-winning three in the corner. And then Auburn uh, smoked Kansas, smoked uh, North Carolina, and and overcame a deficit to beat Kentucky. So three huge blue bloods. Well, Kentucky really only had one good player. And Washington uh, versus Auburn, who has two. They Brown and Harper. Well, they also have uh, like PJ Washington's. Really well, Auburn also one. has these scrappy guys like, yeah, like Dunbar. Wiley Dunbar. Oh, Dunbar is a Dunbar is the guy that you want. You want to go to war with that guy. Um, so you, just, I love this team. Jared Harper was like the 96th recruit on ESPN, and he's so blazing fast. It's that would be an awesome matchup between him and Kihei Clark. Who? Well, the the difference in this game was just free throw percentage. To be honest, both shot the same field goal. Uh, Kentucky shot 4% better from regular, f- just from the field. But uh, Auburn shot 7% better from threes. But I think the free Yeah, throws, that's really their game. Yeah, like threes. Throws. If you talk about Auburn three-pointers uh, offensively versus Virginia three-pointers defensively, that's going to be your game right there. And also, I think um, how... how no, it's just the free throws. They shot six more. They made six more. Uh, Auburn shot seventy five percent, and Kentucky shot fifty seven. That's it. when close games that go into overtime. A lot of the yeah. factors is, is of what's going to determine that is that. Yeah, and then you look ahead to ver- the Final Four game, John. Um, it's I think it's Virginia's defense versus this Auburn. Like this Auburn team is actually like best case scenario Iowa State. What I saw out of them, okay, like yeah. running gun, hitting threes, having that having those good vibes. These are your type of teams that can make a good run. And Auburn's going to lose, but the only reason why I want them to win is Charles Barkley. Oh yeah, that would be great. Barkley is he? Uh, is he um, Sister Jean or Kevin Ware? Or no, no, Sister Jean. <laughs> no, is he like? Is he more like Sister Jean or who's that other person? Uh, who's that other March Madness person? I don't know. But is he like Auburn Sister Jean this year as Loyola Chicago had last year? Uh, yeah, so they're going out in this round. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, Cole, so you've joined the program here. Um, would you like to say any insightful things about basketball? You can talk in the mic. Happy birthday, by the way. All right, thank you. Uh, the one thing I want to say is that I started with a better bracket than Austin, and I just completely guessed on every single game. So, When you mean Damn. start? Damn. Uh, well... I started fifteen and one on the first day. Yes. In the first day, and two weeks ago, I'm pretty sure Austin was thirteen and three. So yes, just gonna say you know he made a big scene out of that. No, he's definitely still hey, better than you. you I know, bet too. Yeah. Uh, how you, many points you, do you have? No, you had Iowa State going to the Final Four. I had them in my championship game actually. Oh yeah, so you uh, got all those games wrong up to that. Yeah, I got zero Final so that's Four. Basically half of the bracket. Yeah, I got zero Final Four games right in my real bracket. The spreadsheet got two out of four Final Four teams right and almost got a third. So I just like to point that out there. A good bounce back year for the spreadsheet. Um, I I had Texas Tech going to the Final Four in one of my brackets. I had Buffalo in one of them. In one of them, uh, I made two, two, three, three, two, three, four, five, six. I you were so high on Buffalo though. I I mean, the amazing thing about this Texas Tech team is that they just. I feel like they're going to be Michigan State because um, again, good vibes, good vibes. I don't know about that. They have uh, Michigan State better coaching and. 
Yes, and what wins tournaments is guard play, and they argue have arguably the most best and most experienced guard, um, Winston. Um, again, Moretti though, Moretti. He can those play the Euro- whole game. Those He's European used to vibes. The whole game, and I think he can just take over in the final four. Uh, who can take over is Jarrett Culver for uh, uh, Texas Tech. We really haven't. He really hasn't proven that compared to Winston. Well, okay. Well, if you're, well, here's the other thing. You, who who would you rather have, Culver or Winston? Winston. For the final four. Yeah. No, or in general, uh, Culver, no. obviously, no. No. Winston, no. Winston is not that good. What you, mm. He's not like he's, he doesn't have an explosive first step. He's a mediocre shooter, like a, a decent passer. I'll give him that. And a mediocre defender. You know, there's he, nothing how, that jumps off the page. I can him. say that. There's nothing that jumps off the page. That? His best attribute. Yeah. His best a- attribute is his leadership and his, okay. uh, that's a, big, and his, that's a big attribute in college basketball. Yes, in college basketball. But you said in general. So I would go Culver. For the Final Four, I'd probably go Winston. Okay. But if you look at the surrounding cast, Texas Tech has a better surrounding cast than Michigan State. Would you Would you agree or disagree with that one, John? Um, I think it's close. I don't really think... Like, I'm not including the two best players. So not including Winston and Culver. Yeah, if you take those two guys out of the equation, then... The Michigan State does have who's that big guy? He's good. Tillman. Tillman. Yeah. Or Ward. Yeah. Or Goins. Honestly, I would have to give it to Michigan State. They are they are the favorites here in this one. I think two or two and a half. Yeah. But it doesn't matter at this point because what's the Virginia Auburn like five? Yeah, something like five. that. Five, five and a half. But Tech has been uh, uh, underdogs to Michigan and Gonzaga. They both pulled those games off uh, pretty convincingly, actually, and. What what makes you think that they won't do that again? I think a big thing with this Final Four is it's in uh, Minneapolis, the U.S. Bank Stadium, and so just like all these Final Fours, it's a football stadium. So when you have a when you pull a basketball court onto a football stadium, it's very tough to locate the hoop when you shoot the ball. You know everybody makes this point every year, but I think it's true, and there's a ton of more fans. So I think that that's a different thing, which you know might bode well for Michigan State given the experience edge. But if you look at this Texas Tech team, Tariq Owens, I think his name, uh, multiple-time transfer. So I think, you know, he's got that experience. Moretti is always cool. Mooney just doesn't doesn't give a crap. So there's that. And Culver, I think, I think you know, with the NBA prospects, uh, I think he could show up. And then if you look at Chris Beard, he's just he's he's just the best coach right now. I mean, Chris Beard is so awesome. I'm I'm just wondering who do you think is going to the championship this year? Because I have Michigan State going all the way, and I'm going to be wearing the sweatshirt on Saturday. So, oh, you know. yeah, yeah. I see that Michigan State. I've seen that Michigan State's sweatshirt on you multiple times this week, Cole. Yeah, Virginia's going to win. Yeah, Cole. What makes you a huge Michigan State fan? You know, I uh, I went to Michigan State because my uh, cousin goes there, and I went and I toured it, and it was just like great campus. You know. Don't really know a whole lot about their basketball, but I just have a feeling that they're going all the way and they're going to win it all. So you're one of those people who bases their brackets off of uh, favorite colors, mascots. Exactly, fifteen and one. And by the way. my First third, week. my third half sister took a college <laughs> campus at Chattanooga. So there's that. You have a half sister? No, he's, he's that was he's an example. That was an example, yeah. but yes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so. I guess there's that. Um, another question I have for you, big picture. What is what would you rather pay for? Uh, to go to the Final Four this year in Minneapolis or 
watch Zion in a pickup game? What would you, what would you pay more for? Uh, I would keep my money. <laughs> really? That seems all really these suspicious. Ex- the Final Four, and I really don't care about Zion. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> would you like to repeat that, please? Um, Looks like you've been infested with Rohit D'Souza. No, like who sucks was, exactly? He said John Boyle says that Zion Williamson is not good at the game of basketball. Uh, did I say that? No. He I said thought, that he is he sub- he sucks. He, he, honestly, he's bad in the tournament. Let's just say that. No, he's not. Yes, he is. <laughs> You're so dumb, John. Okay, if you watch think a game, can, you think he can carry his team? Yes. He had RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, and they, Cam they Reddish didn't play in the Virginia Tech game. Okay, but they should have lost to UCF. They Zion, Zion made that and one. Cool. He got so many blocks. He, also he had a free throw. Yeah, like the most points as a freshman since Derrick Rose in the tournament. Like what? Okay. What do you? What do you have to say about that? How? How can you he's, say that he sucks? I would even put him in the top five of all time for Duke players. Well, Leitner, Grant Hill. Yeah. Uh, then you just named. Well, I mean, yeah, two. Maybe uh, Jay Williams. Yeah, yeah. I would say Williams. Who else? Can't say Irving. He only played a year. Yeah. I mean, who are you, if you can't, if you're not going to put Zion in the top five for Duke, then you should just not have an opinion. I don't think he's top five. So, so then where would you put him in the draft? You oh, have a number. Yeah, top five for Duke of all yeah, time. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I know. Separate question. Separate question. No, yeah, he, draft. he's going first. That's a fact. Yeah, there you go. But I, I don't really see him like LeBron. I see him kind of like Charles Barkley. I don't think he's going to be really effective. I think he's overhyped. Uh, even because he's just so big no. and he's dunking. No. Those guys who are big and dunk are overhyped. He'll be the next Blake Griffin. No. How? How is he? God, is he no. Blake God, Griffin? no. He's oh. so much more explosive than Blake Griffin. You, you and he have... competes more than Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Okay. His competitiveness is his greatest skill. I, I think Jaw will be better than Zion. I think I think many players will be I better. I love Jaw, but Jaw will not be better than Zion. Zion, Zion is 6'7". He can't shoot. He, he can shoot. If shoot. you saw that in the tournament, he can okay, shoot. College he has, college he has the makings of a NBA good threes? start. NBA threes. You know what? He will develop that he's in the, the next, next two he's months. He's the next Ben Simmons. That's who he is. That's so not true because he cares. He cares so much more about winning basketball. He cares so much more about winning basketball games than than uh, Ben Simmons. Come on now, come on now, come on now. You can't uh, say that. Who who in the NBA I don't right think now? You can really determine that. Who who in the NBA right now? How many guys would you would you have ahead of Zion Williamson? Over fifty. That is so dumb. Oh my! Are you awesome. kidding me? Awesome. I'm wait, 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 wait. What would you have him? I problem. I'd have him probably between the 10 and 25 range. What? The that, 10 to 25 range, yeah. Awesome. I'm just wondering, who would you compare Zion to prob- in the NBA? I would walk off right now if I had a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, actually, you know what? Maybe not Maybe not 10 to 25, but within two years, definitely. Okay, yeah. yeah maybe right that's Maybe a- right now between 20 and 40, for sure. <laughs> he would be a borderline all, all-star. No. Borderline. Oh. For sure. He cannot even shoot. Austin. Awesome. Yes. Yes, who Cole. Would you, who Cole. would you compare Zion to in the NBA right Zion. now? <laughs> Zion. It's not wait, Zion. Wait, wait. Zion. Zion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I God. stuttered. I have a stutter. Did I stutter Stanley Johnson the office? Yes. Or Stanley Hudson? Yes. Go on. Who would you compare him to in the NBA? Uh, well, I think Charles Barkley is the best example, but you Blake can't. Blake Griffin and Charles Barkley. You can't really, like, you can't really. Pr- there, Zion Williamson is his own. Player. Is his own. Like okay. entity, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to he's the twenty like, range. He's almost like a different species. O- Oladipo or Zion? Um, 
Zion because Oladipo what? is coming off of the knee injury. Um, come on, Donovan Mitchell or Zion? Uh, ooh, this isn't even close. Mitchell is just so like much right now or for the future. Right now, oh, or in future. I I love Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell now is Zion for the future. This isn't close. CJ McCollum, Zion. What? Yes, McCollum's had it. Oh, uh, he's quietly, quietly not as good of a year as he had last year. Devin Booker. Uh, book now. Zion for the future, and this is actually a good question. If the Suns, if the I bet, Suns I bet win, Zion's gonna be a bust. Honestly, mark my word. No, that's so okay. Okay, out of all the good takes that you've had, John, this is this is unbelievable. Do you know I've gone? I've pretty much gotten everything right, which I've is why very few. You few will be giving wrong. me ten dollars next week because the New Orleans Pelicans will not because finish Davis ten or I, higher. Okay, technically, I said if Davis uh, gets traded or there's any like, drama with him not playing. That the deal's off. We no, both, you do no, not we say bo- that. We both agreed on that before it happened. No. Yes. Well, you agreed that if he got traded or anything happened. No, would, that was actually part of my reasoning why I think the Pelicans would be lower than the ten seed. If you okay, if you look at if you look at the save thing, that's not what the bet was. Yeah, I don't really care. Davidson play so, and they were injured. Cole, can you be the deciding factor here? Is John going to be giving me ten bucks or no? Because it seems like he is. He will be. When I've been mentioning no, this, I'll be honest. I can, will. Be. Can you just tell me what the bet was again? But I'm just saying, will the Pelicans finish the, as the ten seed or better? They're not going to. They're already in the eliminated. in the Western Conference, and they're not. They're going to be the twelve or lower. So there it is. Yeah, but Davis barely so played. He was hurt. Yeah, and then he was in the trade rumors, which is exactly what I said. Yeah, he he was. Okay, whatever. John, what I'm hearing here is you're going to be giving Austin Barrick a ten dollar bill next week. Yes, that's exactly. It's fine. He, two g- he gave me like 150 for fantasy. This is true. So we're gonna come back after. Uh, we're gonna come back here and clean the boards after another break here on the program. It's easy to take your world for granted. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Would you be prepared? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. All right. Welcome back in the program here, ladies and gentlemen. Austin Barrick joined by John Boyle and special guest, uh, who popped in about 15 minutes ago, Cole Wagner. Ginger Jabroni. That's Ginger right. Jabroni, that's right. However, I, I think the word on the street, the rumblings out of uh, Camp Huskies, is that the last names will actually be just our last names. Oh, I, I don't know if I like that decision. You know, I was really going for the nicknames this yes. year. I feel like yeah. we had, last year we had some good nicknames, but, but this, this year, year we took they, it up a notch. We took it up a notch. And it looks like it might be stifled. Mm. Me and Ro had an argument today, and we both determined that Concord would be Carlisle, like always. In? For, uh, for our grade, for basketball. For basketball. Let's see. So the starting lineup for Concord would be... 
Jeez, it's really depleted on your side. It's really depleted. Um, oh, okay, not including Jordan and Tyler because they're Mecca. Okay, be you, me, Anthony, Bijan, DeCost, DeCost, Michael, or Eddie, or someone like that. And for us, it would be uh, Max, Roe, uh, Sam. Sam doesn't go to the school. Doesn't care. What? Sam, no, Sam is a Carlisle kid. Right, we would still beat you. He's on Sam. our team. Uh, Connor, we could get Connor. Monner Travis Hano. We could get Connor. No, but doesn't matter. No, I, we okay. would win. So That's not a question. Me, Ro, Max, Travisano. Travisano's playing? If Travis Carlisle. Said, Carlisle. Okay, Carlisle has not played Carlisle. in three years. Yeah. You're going to put me over a kid that hasn't played in three years? Are you kidding me? Matt Travisano is an athletic freak. Yeah, but he hasn't played in three years. Yeah, he well, he's going to be drafted in the MLB. So no, he's true. not. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. no way. He's going NFL or MLB. I'm, I'm going to call it he's right now. NFL, yeah. I'll make a bet with you that he goes to one or the other. One or the other, all right? Drafted yeah, or actually plays drafted. in a legitimate game? He will be drafted. I'll make a bet right now. Okay, yeah, I'll bet you. There's like 42 rounds in the MLB draft, and he's still and he's only How a sophomore. Austin, There's Austin. like 42 rounds. Let him shake on that. it. Let him shake Do on it, it before. The- all right, moving right along here, the NBA. So it's been a, it's been a minute. Damn, there's 40 rounds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what he just said. Yeah, John. <laughs> And there's there's like six rounds in the NFL. How many? And there's thirty. Don't tell me there's thirty picks around. Uh, uh for baseball. Yeah, I think I there think, might be. I think it's around that. It's amazing what they do with baseball. There's, there's so, so many, many farm teams. Yeah, it's they, unbelievable. They like, like the spinners, farm teams like the little spinners players make like minimum wage. It's really too bad, but I guess that's what happens when there's so many Wait, is it low players. Spinners? Yeah, the little spinners. Yeah, the little spinners. But like the thing is, for baseball, you get like drafted, and then you're on the farm team. Yeah, and then the farm. And teams, that's like a get, side job. Like right. you have to have another and then job. You have to like go. Um, and you play take buses. Yeah, right. you know, and yeah, it's. Oh no, they make seventy-eight thousand. Who? The spinners. No, that's not true. They don't make seventy-eight thousand for a summer of so triple. Forty-three thousand, John. No, it's a seventy-eight. The average is forty. I bet they make like ten k. They no, probably no. don't make that much. How, oh wait, no. This says employees. I doubt that's baseball. Damn, employees yeah. make seventy-eight thousand. Wait, Ed- oh, Edward Elalatcher Park. Yeah, I might do that actually. For real, maybe we'll see. Okay, so moving right along to the NBA here. All right. Um, so the NBA is wrapping up its regular season. I believe each team has two or three games left. <laughs> In its total, so we have topics here. The falling, uh, you know, the uh, bit of a rough stretch for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, either play the Nuggets or the Warriors in the first round. Celtics versus Pacers, Friday night matchup for home court for the 4-5. Giannis versus Harden for MVP. Is that for home court? Yes. So let's start there. Uh, Celtics-Pacers. Um, both teams are tied at 47-31. and 31 I really don't care about the Pacers. At the time of this recording. All right, I don't really care about the Celtics at all, TBH. Uh, counter. TBH. Uh, counter. They had a great win Wednesday night against, uh, in Miami, Gordon Hayward. Let me tell you, yeah, Gordon well, Hayward. Maybe, maybe if Miami didn't play his own, they would have won. Well, that's what they've been doing for a while. I don't know why they do that. The, it's that it's it seems so like a very effective. It seems like a very Eric Spolster thing. No, actually, I think you. I think I read something a while ago where it was effective versus the Milwaukee Bucks okay. for whatever reason. 
And that would be yeah. an interesting little quirk if Miami was able to sneak into the eighth spot and face Milwaukee in the first round and have a little Dwayne Wade one last well, dance. Hopefully the Nets play Milwaukee. We'll see my take. Yeah, we will see if your take comes true there. But Celtics Pacers home court, I really, really love the play of Gordon Hayward lately. The way he's able to use his body to get to his spots in the pick and roll is really spot he's, on. He's bad. I'd rather no, sign that's, him by far. Okay, I, I would too, but... Gordon Hayward, let me tell you, a sweet mid-range game is a very satisfying thing. What's and it's the a, point it's of that? A, it's a, it's, if you're, when you need a bucket, no, you can run that play, and it's so good. Uh, if you hire an analytics expert, they either say take uh, three, threes, threes layups, or, or free throws. Or lay, okay. yep. The counter is that... You don't win games off taking dumb mid-range shots that you hit like 50% um, of mid-range. Oh, well, actually, these are not dumb 50, shots. These are not dumb mid-range. These are not dumb shots yeah, that Gordon Hayward is taking. And Tatum takes them too, and that's why Tatum is terrible this no, year. No, because Tatum hasn't been playing his game effectively. Hayward has come on strong, and he's been using the mid-range as a very good weapon. If you look at the Spurs... A mid-range is not effective in the all, NBA or in any basketball. Zig and zag. The Spurs, when everybody zigs, they zag. Their team is constructed on DeMar DeRozan. Rosen and Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah, who are two mid-range shooters who are very good, and that's and they will be getting they can both shoot. They will be getting into the playoffs for like the twenty second straight season. They have the best coach, yes, in the NBA. By and far. so Brad Stevens is not far I, behind. I, would, I wouldn't even say Brad Stevens is top five coach anymore. And who would you have in front of him? Okay, um, uh, this is just uh, this is just pointless, John. Uh, I would have Nate McMillan. So you so think that pop, in this playoff matchup pop. between the Celtics and the Pacers, the coaching edge will be to Nate McMillan over Brad Stevens for this year? Yes. This year? Yes. Yes. That it's unbelievable. It it, it, it okay, Brad Stevens. We've had a superstar team and we've done nothing. Well, that's more. I think that's more in Kyrie. That's okay. Kyrie's fault more than a thing. And. I think Marcus Morris has also been very bad lately. Yeah, I don't even know. So did he even play yesterday? I, I don't know. The, I think the no, really the really good rotation, the, the final five, the final the like the 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 uh, good lineup there at the end was Kyrie, Smart, Tatum, uh, Hayward, and Horford. Nah, Baines played well too. Baines did play no, well. And what's been working lately? You can play Rozier and Baines Rosier in spot Ky- minutes, yeah. and I really like that. And doing a little offense defense with Rozier and Kyrie, that could be yeah. a good little quirk that Stevens, a good NBA coach, could utilize against okay, the Pacers. Well, it's pretty obvious that Stevens is not a top five coach this year. I'll name five: Popovich, Steve Kerr, Nate McMillan, uh, Mike Malone, and Budenholzer, D'Antoni, Budenholzer, Doc Rivers, uh, Nick Nurse. That's seven. Okay. Well, here's I, w- I would argue Steve Clifford. Who? Steve Clifford. Uh, he's the Hornets coach. For Orlando. Oh, uh, well, he did do Hornets before, though. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm off on that. Um, no, I wouldn't. Maybe Kenny At- uh, Atkinson. Maybe. But, okay. My point is that the Celtics used this game in Miami. Quinn Schneider. In which they were underdogs and had a very impressive win. And I think. It's not impressive. It is. They were underdogs. They were Miami up like twenty at my, home, and they almost choked. Our record in away games are nineteen and twenty. Yes, but that, it could that's be worse. Not good for playoffs. It could be worse. You're gonna have to go into either Milwaukee. The Spurs are fourteen Toronto, and twenty-one. And Philly and win one to two games. We can just take it one series at a time, one game no, at a that time. That means if they, you don't lose any games at home, which is almost hundred percent doubtful. Well, that's what we did last year. We went eleven and zero until LeBron beat us game seven. Okay, so that counts as a, that counts as a loss. 
Yeah, well, so, we almost did it. So, but if you lose at home, you lose the series, basically. Uh, counter again. We have Kyrie this season, who is very good. Counter it, when it when we, it's clutch. Counter, we make it. Maybe Kyrie plays worse with us. No counter to that. Kyrie Irving is one of the best. Is one of the most clutch point guards in the NBA. Statistically, he's like one of the one of the highest field goal percentages in clutch minutes, which is um. And that is that is uh, is defined by a game that is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. So, John, I don't know what you're watching right now, but I think that you need to counter my point about Kyrie Irving being statistically one of the best clutch players in the NBA. Oh, no, he is. I'm not down to that. I think he is the second most clutch player in the NBA. Who's first? James Harden. Okay. Well, so I guess... James Harden's the best player in the NBA. let's, Let's segue into that one right here. Giannis... Antetokounmpo versus James Harden, James Harden for the MVP not, race. Not even close. James Harden's better, but I can see both sides. Give it to Giannis, even though James I Harden can see both sides. It. So Roe, who who unfortunately cannot be here again because of his uh, bio SAT studying, because he's a good student. Um, so like he you. made the he made the case. <laughs> thanks. So he made the case <laughs> that um, the reason why they would give it to Giannis because the NBA wants to promote its international players, which is a good case. But the point is that Giannis is on a one seed, who was a seven seed last year, and he's putting up Shaq-like numbers. He's playing terrible teams compared to James Harden. The top of the East is very good. Like, you can't, and you can't, you can't take that for granted. The Rockets, if the Rockets were in the East, they would be a 60-win team. No, I don't think that's a question. Not with the start that they had. But they would be in the East from throughout the season. No. Okay, so, no, I... The, the I, Rockets. I don't think you can argue that. The Rockets I, have sure a much a much less margin for error than but they're in the West. The Bucks because of their roster, not the conference. Because of their roster, they they have a lot at stake with PJ Tucker. Okay, yeah, he's and Clint valuable. Capella. Yeah, he's so if you look at Daniel House played well. Too. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're hinging on those guys, this is kind of like when they're, they're the Celtics used Gerald Green in the playoffs two years ago versus the Bulls. If you needed to rely on Gerald Green and Jay. Freaking Crowder, like that was a that was a bit of a red flag, but I mean, okay, the Bucks have to rely on so many garbage players. Like Brooke who? Lopez, Who's bum? Brook Lopez. He is not a bum. He's washed. He Brogdon can make thirty-five foot threes. Brogdon I, I has like, been injured. Brogdon's I know. Brogdon's I like actually injured. His game, but he's going to be injured. Middleton, I think he's overrated. Even uh, he, I don't think he deserved to be an All Star, but obviously he's on the one seed, so he's going to be an All Star. Except Middleton and Giannis, who is good on that team? Bledsoe. But the point Bledsoe is, is not good. The point is that there is a good case for Giannis for MVP. He's putting up Shaq like numbers. He's unguardable. He has the most dunks yeah, I, in the I NBA see, by I see far. The case for him, but I think Harden completely should get it. Yes, Harden. I think is a uh, about to pass Kobe or has passed Kobe or forever for most total points in a single season, which is very impressive because that counts for points as well as being able to hold up throughout the season. And he didn't even play that much, too. What do you mean? The start, he missed, like, I want to say eight games in the start. Maybe. That seems like in a a good ballpark. But I, I just, you know... Harden is unbelievable. I'm I'm really split on this on this decision because Harden went on that tear where he averaged 42 points for like oh, 25 games. By the way, what? Mm-hmm. Sun shut down Booker for the end. Makes sense. Um, speak. I mean, books books been. Well, he had that ankle injury the other night after he scored like 150 points in three games. Um, 
regardless though i see i don't think you could go wrong with handing it to either one of these guys and that that's just my take i wouldn't i wouldn't be mad if one wins it over the other um and uh there's that here we go trey young versus luka Doncic. this has turned into a bit of a debate here who do you have uh luka because he's on a better team and they're doing better but and he are they on a better team actually because Dal- dallas is better dallas has been tanking hard and but meanwhile better atlanta than- has been going winning beating like the bucks and the yeah, raptors who has a better roster um this isn't even close so don't even ponder it it's actually pretty close if oh you look at God, it come because on. porzingis is injured so you can't okay because that's that's a huge you still have hardaway um trey burke wait what don't use trey burke as he, evidence he of a good, good team on knicks on the knicks for like a three-week stretch okay no was you're getting you're you're getting too much out of that the the hawks low-key have a, oh yeah he got he traded to sacramento <laughs> and he's not that he's not too amazing um but the Hawks have John Collins, Trey Young, yeah, Collins is good. Kevin Herter. No, come on. Kevin Herter no, is a nice player. No, Let me. No. Okay, the, those are three good guys. And if they perhaps get Zion Williamson, that would be amazing. Dallas or oh Atlanta, Atlanta. But They're I don't think it's going to happen because they've been winning too many games. If you look at it, our, uh it's going to be probably the Suns or the Knicks or the Bulls, and that's just ill. Oh, I think uh, onto the Kumpo on the on Dallas is insane. Uh, which onto the combo? Coast. No, I was kidding. Coastus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, although there there have been rumblings that when uh, Giannis hits free agency in two years, that that could be a sneaky destination with all their European abundance. Could be. All right. Be. Um, I guess let's just finish off here with I guess overarching uh, playoff things. Who do you have coming out of the West, and who do you have coming out of the East? For playoffs? Yeah. East, Toronto, West, uh, Houston. All right. I'll, I will go Golden State, but it's close. It's very close. Well, I yeah, agree with Golden you. Golden State and Houston? Houston is, yeah. Houston is definitely I think it's the one team that can year. beat them. Now, the point could be made that, you know, the Thunder can can match up with the Warriors psychologically and you know that Durant, OKC, Durant. But they're not even going to play. Uh, Westbrook, they could. The, the with the way that the um, wait in the second round if the first round the first round there could be a there is no, a scenario let's, in which let's say they the, don't match up if the thunder beat the nuggets it's not like football they don't reseed it they, no 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 i'm talking about the first round no no but in the second round let's say the thunder beat the nuggets as a seven seed yeah who do the thunder play three six three right? six would, yeah. and that would be what houston, houston and, and clippers yep yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. That yeah, would be a nice matchup. Are, the Warriors are going far. That would be a nice matchup. The Ho- Rockets. I, yeah. I, hopefully the Thunder can get like a eight seed. So they play yeah. the Warriors. And then we can see the Chris Paul trade against the Clippers. That'll be nice. And, um, but yeah, I agree with you that Houston is the, the best team in the West who can knock off Golden State. As I said, a few I weeks they ago, are the best team in the West, as a few weeks ago, I would take the, uh, the field over the Warriors and then in the east, I don't really think you can take the field. The east, but I I still don't know. I don't know if that's a good answer. I still don't know. Okay, don't the Celtics are not going to go. Celtics far. are definitely a conversation no, in it, no. and the Bucks and the Raptors as well, and the Sixers. So I there's still those four Raptors, teams. Raptors, Bucks. Oh no, here's a good question: If uh, the Raptors go to the finals, will Ka- Kawhi resign? That is an interesting. Kawhi's question. just so weird. He, he is weird. Kind of reminds me of Tony, aka Anthony. <laughs> Do you like that comparison? Uh, I guess. I guess so. That actually works. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I can see that the personalities. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Um, 
I would say, yeah, I think he leaves regard. I think the only way he stays is if, if he wins the NBA championship. I think, you know, they could, I think clip the Clippers buzz with him is, is pretty real. Yeah. And then I don't think Kyrie is going to the Knicks. I, I think he'd rather go to the Nets. But yeah. They reported that he would go to the Nets. Um, at this point, I'm still undecided about Kyrie. Depends on how well he does in the playoffs. Think about Russell His or body or language in the playoffs. Oh, Kyrie for now, but man, D'Angelo Russell. I'm yeah. telling you, the Nets, Nets have the, some the, good vibes. The they Lakers, have some really good vibes. Not, the Lakers are the worst franchise in the NBA. Right but, now, no, they well, aren't the Suns like the last six years. Suns, but like, do you know how many mistakes the Lakers made? Yeah, they trading made a lot. Randall trading Russell for Ball or Brooke Lopez. Yeah, but just letting go of Lopez, giving for no up reason. the uh, the white guy. You, uh, you, oh yeah, uh, Zubac. You, yeah, Ubach. Zubac for Zubac nothing for Mike Muscala. Yeah, nothing. Muscala doesn't even play, and Zubac's actually good. He's he has some promise. And then destroying your whole chemistry. Yeah, no, I just don't even want to talk about the Lakers T- taking Lonzo. So many draft mistakes. Ingram's coming decent. The only good thing out of that franchise is Kuzma. All right, there and you have so it. So many free agent mistakes. I'm just done with the Lakers. There you have it for a special guest and birthday boy Cole Wagner. See you later. John Boyle, I'm Austin Barrick. This has been Clean the Boards 23rd episode. We will see you here next week, hopefully, on WIQH Concord. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old. Take me home.